Today on KIOS at the Movies, we discuss the film Raining in the Mountain. Raining in the Mountain is a Chinese film from 1979, written and directed by legendary filmmaker Jin Hu in a secluded Ming Dynasty monastery in a beautiful mountainous landscape. A corrupt general and an esquire employ martial artists to steal a sacred handwritten scroll. The film features stunning cinematography, well-timed humor, beautiful martial arts, and engaging characters, including the amazing Xu Feng as the main heroine of the film, White Fox. With that, what do you think, Patrick and Diana? Very happy that I watched this movie. I had had a delightful time watching it. It's it's a genre that I don't, haven't interacted with very much, uh, wuxia. And I hope that I, I did look it up, so I think that I'm pronouncing it yeah. fairly okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, from my very rudimentary understanding, it's a genre of film that combine that's you know, it's a martial arts film, chivalry, uh, assassins, often deeply, deeply rooted in a long literary tradition in China going back to the 1200s. Um, and from what I've seen of the genre, I really like it. I want to get more into it. I think the most the most uh, well-known in the West example is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. This, of course, is a film from 1979, predating Crouching Tiger by decades. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you liked it. <laughs> so I, I picked this film for us to watch on purpose because this is a genre that I absolutely love. Um, I love a martial arts film. This is directed by King Hu, who was one of the biggest directors of the genre. Um, and... I had never seen this particular film, but I just want everyone to watch Wuja martial yeah. arts films because I think it they're it's they're usually so beautiful, beautifully shot in these like locations. The fighting is really artistic and style and stylish, and I think that there's this um, misconception about action films uh, and martial arts films that they can get really repetitive and really dull. Mm-hmm. And I think what's also um, usually really great about this genre is like the way that the camera moves, like the way that it captures movement, the way it moves in and out of doorways or out of hallways or out of like, or in between forests. Like they can get so creative with like camera movement um, to give it this really like kinetic style. And I just think like not enough um, cinephiles uh, feel that this is like a really approachable genre. It does tend to be like the fans of it do tend to be, like broy dudes <laughs> yeah. who love the Shaw Brothers, you yeah. know Quentin Tarantino yep. types. Um, so it can seem really unapproachable, but they're really like beautiful stories. And if you like like intrigue, you'll mm-hmm. like the genre. Well, it's also really interesting too because as soon as this film opens, it's gorgeous. Yes, like the opening the opening shots, shot. like when they're walking through the forest, it's just beautiful and dreamy and. And you totally understand where a lot of the cinema, like uh, cinematography inspiration in like Kill Bill comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, big time. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you like immediately I was like, oh, this must be like what inspired Quentin Tarantino with those films. So mentioning that is like really interesting. But um, 
I could see why like the broy types would like this movie, <laughs> like the Quentin Tarantino types, but I thought that it was, you know, it's much more um there's how do I put this? Like it's a martial arts film, but there's like a layer of it almost like embodies the the Buddhist philosophy of the the monastery that the film takes place in. And especially with like um one of the main characters uh, who as soon as like he's on screen, like I just kind of fell in love with him a little bit. Um, Chu Ming. And he's like, uh, he wants to become a monk. And so he comes in and they're like, Hey, go mop the floor. Mm -hmm. And then he ends up immediately like kind of proving himself to, to want to hold himself back from maybe the violence that he comes from and stuff like that. But you know, Obviously, there's all this stuff happening, but he just yeah. has this like uh, kindness about him. Yeah, I, I mean, it's safe to say that this the entire film is uh, is a religious allegory, mm-hmm. um, steeped in Buddhism for mm-hmm. sure. It's set at a Buddhist monastery, mm-hmm. uh, and the MacGuffin of the film is this ancient scroll. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a Confucian text, I believe. On uh, on it's an ancient piece of. of of religious writing mm-hmm. that is like entrusted to the monastery and is in their protection. And I love how like the various characters treat the scroll or mm-hmm. like, you know, some of them are there to steal it. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, this is a priceless, like, yeah. And they're like, they revel over it and they have this like lust after it. And then mm-hmm. the abbot, you know, who, uh, is kind of the reason everybody's there because the person who runs the the monastery, the abbot, he is about to die, and so he's picking his successor. And it's funny because throughout the film, like I literally wrote down quotes where he's like, you know, they're like, oh, we want to see the treasured scroll, you know. <laughs> and the abbot's like, uh, it's no treasure. It's just a battered old paper. Right. <laughs> and then like something else happens and he's like, Oh, all this after a raggedy scroll. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I think that that's really interesting that that kind of feels like the philosophy of it about how certain people put so much lust and desire into this thing and where the more enlightened person is kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the Buddhist philosophy, right? It's like, nothing it's impermanence like nothing is mm-hmm. of inherent mm-hmm. high value because uh you know everything Only will be gone at some point yeah is yeah. well yeah because uh, at some point everything is gone and you become one with the earth you know yeah yeah at one point another point uh chu ming is he's repeating something that some he's you know he's learned about the scroll and he says you know isn't that this precious irreplaceable thing and uh, one of the monks says, that's a worldly view. <laughs> you know, that is, you know. The, that a material object holds right. uh, value. It's the writing yeah. or the message that's on mm-hmm. the scroll that has any worth whatsoever, any merit. Mm-hmm. Also, one of the important characters of this film uh, is a woman. Yes. Yeah. One of the thieves of course, is a absolutely. woman uh, in the film named White Fox. Yes. Um, and and she's, she's awesome. She's this awesome <laughs> just this awesome lady. Um, and, and one of the things that I love about this genre um, is that even though there's like, you know, this one takes place in this, this 
beautiful monastery in this forest and and there's like all this political intrigue there's also like moments of levity where it's like really funny yeah <laughs> um and they're kind of like bumbling about and like some of the fighting scenes are really humorous um but this particular director was also really known for making women central to his stories so here we have a female protagonist at the end we have an army of like yeah awesome uh scroll keeper ladies <laughs> yeah um and so it, it's also i think one of one of the films that shows that the genre isn't just like restricted to like male characters and and you know even in crouching tiger hidden dragon like you see that like it's not just men who are um the fighters within these stories one of the things that i think is really interesting about the genre of filmmaking is that the actors themselves have to be fighters. Like, they're actors, but they're also usually trained in some kind of martial arts and doing their own stunts and their own fighting. Um, so it's really, like, a well-rounded view of, like, everything that an actor could be, everything that a filmmaker has to be in order to, like, make this genre work because it's so intricate and so involved. And especially in this one, that it's also a historical epic. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, this recreation of these old, like, historical costumes um, and this legend and, you know, imbuing it with like Buddhist principles. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's a great, it's a great film. I'm so happy you liked it. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and uh, again, talking about, as we talked about in a recent episode, Restorations, this yes. is a film that it kind of, it w did not have as big of a profile as other King Who films. And I think a restoration is an event where we get to re-examine or evaluate something for the first time. And I hope that this movie goes into the canon of great martial arts films. This is not my first introduction to this genre, um, but it was a welcome, more historical um, entry to this genre and kind of that I am really excited about and I really want to dive more into because there were certain films, which I'll get to in our recommendations, uh, <laughs> that I really, really loved, um, but were made later on and, and kind of not really ever diving into the older films in this genre, probably specifically because of what you were talking about, because of my aversion to when I was in film yeah. school, um, you know, being around people that were obsessed with, uh, wanting to make the next Reservoir Dogs, um, <laughs> and every student film being, yeah. <laughs> being a, uh, wannabe Reservoir Dogs, uh, Ugh. Yeah, um, especially in the U.S., like this yeah. genre attracts a certain type of person. Yeah, because it, yeah, like it, it's it's martial arts is action, so it's you know going to pull a lot of men. It is also a genre that has been for a really long time, like historically unavailable in the U.S. Like there's a lot of bootlegs of films. There's a lot of bad copies of films. There's maybe copies that don't have good subtitles so it also has like a collectory vibe yeah, scarcity to it. kind of yeah. yeah so like your vinyl heads but film which mm -hmm. is a whole different thing <laughs> and then and then there are people who um you know like with a lot of other like film movements who just know the minutiae of it um so it can be really daunting but I think more people need to delve into the genre of filmmaking because it has been, especially, um, you know, with something like the matrix is, is so essential to like understanding why that film aesthetically looks the way that it does. Mm. Um, 
like, you know, what the directors were doing with, like, the martial arts there is, like, fully um, inspired by, like, fighting techniques that are coming from Wuja films. I grew up watching a lot of martial arts films, so... Me too. They used to, weirdly, a lot of, like, Wuja and, like, Hong Kong New Wave stuff used to play on, like, Spanish channels. Oh, interesting. Like, really late at night. Um, with like Spanish dubbing. So that's how I watched like a lot of Bruce Lee films yeah. um, because my parents were like huge, huge fans. And so they would play them on like, you know, Univision randomly at like 10 p.m. Amazing. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mostly grew up with like the, I was obsessed with Jackie Chan. I watched every mm-hmm. Jackie Chan film. Um, you know, he has a new one. Does he really? Yeah, it's called Vanguard. Oh, nice. I'll have to check it out. I haven't watched a Jackie Chan movie in a while. There was one that was just like my favorite. That I don't. I mean, I don't know if you'd consider that in this genre, but in the martial arts uh, kind of Hong Kong filmmakers, uh, definitely I was a huge Jackie Chan film. I watched, that was probably my first experience watching a lot of films with either subtitles or like, you know, dubbed films. And of course, Bruce Lee. I would just was, you know, I was reading the Tao of Jikundo and I was watching mm-hmm. Dragon of Bruce Lee story mm-hmm. and I was watching Enter the Dragon and and all those, you know, films and and I just love martial arts films. I don't know. But I've kind of trailed off of them over uh, over the past decade or so. <laughs> um so it's really fun to kind of visit it and want to like dive back into a lot of the films I haven't seen that maybe predated a lot of those. Mm-hmm. You can always tell in a contemporary action film, like what filmmakers have watched the genre, right? Or like know something of like how to film action, and right. who hasn't. <laughs> well, and I was I'm going to get into this uh, in the podcast version <laughs> when we talk about our recommendations. But it is a genre. The wuxia genre is something that contemporary directors from Hong Kong, Taiwan, and mainland China. If you're a big name director, you've done one of these. It's like a tradition and write a passage. Mm-hmm. So like Wong Kar Wai mm-hmm. has his wuxia film. Jet Li, Jackie Chan. Yeah. Uh, Hu Shaoxin mm-hmm. has a wuxia film. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a thing. Uh, I'm going to go first on my recommendation because okay. one of you probably already picked mine. And <laughs> it's the 2002 film. Uh, starring Jet Li Hero. So that might be like the first of this genre that I ever really saw that. And I just remember like I was, you know, pretty early into getting into film and, and, and really falling in love with like noticing cinematography and stuff like that. And just the color palettes in this film, it's so beautiful. The martial arts in it is epic and just incredible. And I remember going to see this in a movie theater and just being like blown away just by the whole experience of just how they made this like beautiful, crazy film. It's been a long time since I've seen it, um, but I feel like I'm going to rewatch it this week probably <laughs> now. But yeah, Hero, 2002, Jet Li. My pick is the 2015 film, The Assassin, which was by Ho Xin, who is a great Taiwanese uh, director um, he's mostly known for dramas, but, uh, like, uh, I pointed out this wuxia kind of film is a rite of passage. So this is his entry into the genre. And it reminded me so much of the experience of watching Raining in the Mountain because it is also, uh, in the mountains <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's also the fighting is very paced out and the 
fighting is beautiful and stylized, but in between there's just this like very um, environmental uh, kind of like space that's very slow but intriguing. And I just know, I just remember how amazing the cinematography looked on the big screen. It's like rain dripping off of tree leaves and then all of a sudden fighting is happening. (laughs) Which Uh, is the best. I love like, that's what I love is like two people are fighting. There's like this violence happening, mm -hmm. but there's still this like beauty in the world, you know, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. the camera will all of a sudden be on a tree and the wind is like blowing through it in a specific way. And there's like this beautiful thing happening and then it comes back and the fighting in a way is beautiful and it's like a dance. But it's also like this humanness to be like violent towards each. It's really interesting yeah. the clash, like the juxtaposition of the violence and the beauty that's surrounding it. I have two recommendations. Good, I um, want to hear them because <laughs> you love this film, and I'm excited. Um, one is the 1971 film uh, "A Touch of Zen," also directed by King Hu, um, starring uh, the same woman who plays White Fox. And here she's the protagonist. She's so good film. in this movie, she, and she's beautiful. Oh yeah, like just beautiful to look at, and the way that she moves. Um, yeah, so "A Touch of Zen" is um, very often in your like top you know, best martial arts movies of all time, the one of the best Chinese films of all time. Um, and interestingly, uh, this movie was actually made in, uh, so King Hu had already kind of switched over to making films in Taiwan. Um, and so this was kind of the last film associated with this like Hong Kong new wave. So it really helped um, advertise the Hong Kong new wave abroad and internationally but it was technically made in Taiwan. And the next film that I'm going to recommend is, um, unfortunately, you have very limited access. Only if you have ESPN Plus can you see um, Bruce Lee Be Water, which is um, the 30 for 30 documentary made by ESPN. It was the documentary they made after The Last Dance. Um, And one of the cool things about this documentary is because it's made by ESPN, they not only talk about Bruce Lee as an actor, but as an athlete. And, like, the fusion between, like, his acting and, like, his body and, like, the philosophy um, of martial arts and, like, of making his art, basically. Which, like, for me is always, like, so impressive. Um, Because even, you know, even today with films like Mulan or, like, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, like, these actors are trained in martial arts um, and are expected to kind of perform in a way that, like we literally give awards to our actors for like even attempting (laughs) to like American actors. And that's just like kind of part of, part of their roles, like to do sword play, to do like hand to hand combat and like all of that stuff. Um, And so the documentary is like a really like wonderful um, portrait of just like how talented um, he was as a person and like the stamina that it takes to have the, um, you know, legendary yet short career that he, had i'll second that movie because uh that was one of the best documentaries i've seen this year by far uh it's incredible and it it really 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 made me wish you know things would have worked out differently Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's so sad and also so beautiful and to me that's like the best type of uh documentary about a about a kind of legendary person. Mm -hmm. Like that's like the best um, 
example of how to make that kind of film. Mm-hmm. And also, like, just go pay. I think ESPN $5 a month. Go pay the five dollars. We can't tell them to do that. I'm just saying, <laughs> just do it for a month. Go Can you watch do a free trial. Why don't you do the free trial? Do a free trial. Yeah, do a free trial. Go watch uh, Be Water. Go yeah. watch uh, a handful of other of the Thirty for Thirty docs. Because even if you don't like sports, there are some incredible films in there, including <laughs> uh, OJ Made in America and uh, and the Lance Armstrong documentary that just came out is really mm. intense and really good. Um, mm. So there's a handful of movies on there, even if you don't like sports, that yeah. are really really worth watching. So um, and from a a, a cycling fan perspective. There's one called <laughs> Slaying the Badger that's really good. Anyway, uh, all right. That's but also, watch martial arts films. Yeah. yeah. Watch prioritize Mar- those. Yeah, prioritize Be Water, because that's probably one of the best documentaries I've seen in years. So, Raining in the Mountain is available on film streams at home. For KIOS, I'm Joshua LeBure. For film streams, I'm Patrick Kinney. And also for film streams, I'm Diana Martinez. 